Joe do, and welcome to Pablo's Vault of Horror podcast, the companion podcast to Pablo's Vault of Horror radio show, available every Wednesday, 10pm till midnight, GMT, on Nova Radio Northeast. Uh, I'll go through all the details at the end as to how you can listen to my dulcet tones, um, but for now, the reason of the podcast, just to explain, is any of the interviews or extra gubbins that I get to do as part of the radio show I like to put out here um, without the music, just so if anybody's a fan they can just access it direct. Not that, you know, I would rather listen to the music and the whole show. Uh, obviously, details will be at the end. Uh, but for now, um, I think one of the things that I do like to do is the interviews especially are nice just to put out, just compacted and on their own. Uh, last two interviews that I've done have been more of the comedy variety uh, with Jake Yap and Alex Lowe. Uh, but now we're back firmly within the remit of Pablo's Vault of Horror with two horrific guests. Um, from the movie Host, we've got Jed Shepard and Hayley Bishop. Uh, Jed is one of the writer-producers and conceiver, really, of the film, and Hayley is one of the stars of the film, and a writer and producer in her own merit, but uh, we'll go into that in the interview. Um, but I'll pass you over to Pablo here with an interview uh, with them, and then I'll be back with, as I say, some details at the end on how you can listen to the show on a live basis every Wednesday, 10pm till midnight. Stop it, Pablo. All right, I'll wait, I'll wait. Um, but over to Pablo now, so over to you, Pablo. Thank you, Pablo. Uh, now, what started as a prank between friends on Zoom in late April of this year uh, has now become the hottest and most talked about new horror movie of the year, Host. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by one of the writers and producers of the film, Jed Shepard, and main cast member, Hayley Bishop. Uh, thank you both so much for uh, joining me today uh, here on Pablo's Vault of Horror. Uh, how the devil are you both? Great. Thank you. Great. Thank you for having us, Pablo. Yeah, really excited to be here. Oh, a, a, a complete pleasure, I must say. Now, uh, obviously, we're here to talk about Host, the success of Pad already. Um, just in two weeks, it was released on Shudder. Um, you both must be over the moon. Uh, how is the reality got successful? What we think might happen compared to what actually happened? Uh, yeah, I'll start. So, I mean, we, I thought that our friends would like it and that maybe the horror community would like it I, but obviously didn't didn't no one would expect it to be to be as big as it is now as we speak it's currently the number one film in the world on in any genre on letterboxd um it's it's crazy it is absolutely insane and obviously being on like good morning america the, the girls being on fox one of the fox affiliates and just being interviewed by everyone the reason why i was late today i, I just came off and i was on the empire podcast been interviewed by Empire for their for their thing. Um, two hour spoiler chat it was so like <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, a, a box pick. Yeah, but so it, it's it's just been absolutely insane. Like I don't know how it is for you, Head of your your face being in it. I mean, yeah, the same. <laughs> I was I, I remember being you know we got the call from Jed and Rob to oh do you guys want to be a part of this little movie and we were like yeah sure sounds fun like great we can have something to do during quarantine like we get to work with our friends again like yes same my, you know I get to show it to my mom and, and maybe send it to my relatives and friends to be like look I made something not expecting to wake up Thursday morning with like a plethora of Twitter you know inbox 
messages and all kinds of new people trying to show their love and support and just and then did not expect it to then continue into a couple weeks and now we've got a um you know we're going to be at the picture house or not the picture house the prince charles theater yeah yeah maybe the prince charles in october (laughs) and it's like getting a theatrical release and just it's it's insane and it's really awesome never stops yeah i mean i i I mean i've um always keep an eye on shudder and i know that there's a they've um, been, well, whether it's just uh, fortunate or just a very good team of research, is they've been very much, um, they've had a couple of exclusive films um, which have done really well or, or just been massively surprised. And uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid is, is one, I think, um, from Brazil, which they had on last year. Um, mm-hmm. That was completely blown away by. It was kind of had a kind of Pan's Labyrinth mixed with, um, you know, Brazilian cartels. It's all yeah. kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, very, yeah, very- I mean... With the whole kind of setup of it, I mean, was it something that, uh, I mean, uh, I know from, you know, the um, video, the kind of prank thing, um, how did Shudder get involved? Were you, did you just start getting on with it and then they showed an interest or were they involved from the outset? So, um, like, so myself and Rob have made a, a bunch of short films before, uh, Absence, Dawn of the Deaf and uh, Salt. And... Ages ago, we, we were just trying to get them on the Shudder platform because we love Shudder so much, and I think eventually they will will do. Um, so, like, we were on their radar, they were on our radar, and when this prank video came out from Rob, which was essentially him calling up our mates uh, and scaring them just with a just pretending to go into to his attic, and something jumps out and and he dies, a two minute video that went viral around the world. We just wanted, we were like. We wanted to chase that high, that high of, oh my God, we made something that loads of people have seen. And we're used to people, like a, a decent number seeing our shorts and it doing well in festivals and Sundance and London Film Festival. But we've never had that many people seeing it all at once in a short space of time for something so stupid. It's stupid and it's, it costs zero as well. So we're like, right, okay, this, this is the formula. You just use your mates. You just make it with your mates. So... We had that too many thing, and you get a lot of attention if you make a viral video. So we got offers from a bunch of places, but the only one we really were serious with was Shudder because we love Shudder. It's it seems the right fit, and they have their own platform to put it on. We don't we don't have to wait until after the lockdown, for instance, to um to, to have it on somewhere. And also, Shudder were the only ones who were willing to give us the money straight away to make it. They weren't worried about us not being able to make it in with lockdown conditions. They just said. They just trusted us. And, and how it kind of all started was once we knew they were interested, we didn't actually have a film until um, I text Rob the words, uh, Zoom seance, because he's just like, do you have any ideas? And I was like, Zoom seance. And that's how it all spawned, spawned from that. And that's how we pitched it to Shudder, those, those two words. Um, and then we got the dream team together, our A-team, which was our mates who were all from the same WhatsApp group, the, the uh, Quarantine Movie Club. Uh, which contains all the actors you see there, the stunt people, the the uh, costume lady, the visual effects people, the producer. They're all from the same WhatsApp group, with, which is about 20 people. Um, and yeah, and then we, we we broke it to our friends and and, and that's it, really. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was going to say, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, the film there, I mean, I'd, um, I'd been aware of um, the... Oh, I forget... Um, one of the best. 
<laughs> absence. I've seen absence. Oh, nice. um, I'd, I'd, I'd heard of Dawn of the Dead, but I hadn't actually seen it, at least to my, to my memory, I hadn't seen it. But obviously, I've done a big uh, uh, delve in and uh, yeah. awesome, blown away by, uh, by both of them. Um, and of course, Dalton as well, um, the big fan of Alice Lowe here. Of course, I always love to see her on that. And, and I think that's kind of, um, you know, for, for me, being somebody who's constantly on the lookout for that sort of thing like you say if you if you're generally putting out a short there it's it's you know there's doing it and then there's just getting people to be able to see it and they're two very distant things and yeah I think from from all those other ones from um you know dawn of the death and sultan and the like is um you know there's definite a one and obviously the prank there's there's huge um legs for for all of them they're all kind of as much a kind of um you know introduction to a a film that could be than yeah. as a short. I was just wondering. I mean, is that is that generally something that you're always like holding to? I mean, is there ever like just a short for the sake of a short, or is it generally now just the case that a short film is an avenue to to a, a feature or a, or a larger film? I'm, I'm, I'm sure Haley's probably got her views because she she also makes shorts. But when when we every short that me and Rob have made together is with the intention to make a a, a movie. Um, it's always a proof of concept. I'm, I'm, I, I do see the point of shorts, but I think the point of shorts should be as a way to prove to people that this idea works and to hopefully make a, a, a bigger movie of it, which, um, which we want to do. Um, so yeah, Host was a bit different because it kind of started off as a short and then kind of ended up as a feature film. But, but, but hey, but Hayley, what do you think like do you, about shorts? Yeah, I mean, I've made, I've done three now under my belt. And the first, I'd say the first two were, you know, they were, especially because I was a younger filmmaker and first learning, <clears throat> were kind of a standalone piece. But you do always see, like, the potential for a bigger story in them. I think it's hard to not make a short and not be able to then also say, well, if we just pulled this character's story a little farther, or we added this little storyline in, we could actually make it a full feature film. Um, but I'd say I agree with Jed, like, the... My, my latest short is being developed into a TV series now because it has the legs and has some uh, you know, qualities in it that you can see where the bigger story is. Um, and I do think like shorts, they're a really good way, especially for younger filmmakers or even just any experienced filmmaker who just wants to make something without having to worry about like, one, you need a massive budget, well, you need a bigger budget to make uh, a full feature or a full TV series or whatnot. And so a short is a really way to give um, financiers and any sort of filmmakers kind of a taste of what you want to do so there is a little more trust or you can show your vision or you can show your style as a filmmaker but ultimately you do want it to to grow into something you know bigger because who doesn't love making feature films and well, and obviously you're both um as as Doug was saying there you're stopping you like a producer and screenwriter as well as an actor so you like to say you've worked in a, a few in the past now um just going back to uh, Host, now obviously, um, you know, I'll probably possibly say everybody's kind of on equal pegging, but hey, you are the first person, albeit behind some sort of scotch tape or, or, or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, well, uh, so it, 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 it's yourself, Hayley, uh, and there's uh, Redina, there's Redina, Sandover, Torangold, Gemma, Emma Louise Webb, Edward Leonard, and Salem uh, Baxter, other kind of things people in there. Now, um, one of the things that I should allude to, um, no doubt from you know, working together in the past, 
um, for what it's there's a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say just because we want to do it, there's a lot of uh, together from, the, from the past now. Um, now, uh, is that, you know, is that all spawned from that, or did you know each other going into the films and you know, kind of worked along with each other, or was it from working on films kind of messed up? And- yeah, so we worked, um, so Emma and Gemma, I, I directed a film called Mel- Multiplex, which, which isn't out yet. It's, it's on a couple of festivals, but lockdown means we couldn't show it in as many places as possible. But uh, Multiplex actually features all of the girls from Host. So it's going to be really cool when we when that drops, because then you'll see all the girls mm-hmm. in a different light. Um, but before that, um, obviously, Caroline, Wadena and Hayley are from Dawn of the Death. Um, and I actually knew Hayley from before that. Um, a little while we um, we used to volunteer at this old folks home, and uh, together and randomly. And I think it was only three days we were there at the same time. Just, yeah. uh, but and I didn't even really. I didn't. I barely spoke to her. But they had someone in who had um, the one thing I remember about that time is they brought someone in to do pottery for for the old people. Yeah. And me and Hayley, who didn't really know each other, um, we were kind of helping them. And they had an example pottery of what they should copy. They brought. And the guy who brought it said it was cursed, um, and whoever should, like, touch it or break it or whatever, would be cursed forever. And unfortunately, it did smash um, <laughs> due to a little scuffle. So, um, so when I first met, well, when I met Haley again on Dawn of the Death, I, I brought that up, and she couldn't believe I remembered that. Uh, but we are just eternally cursed now by by some weirdness of knowing God. And yeah. Next- we keep doing horror films together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably, I probably laid the blame on the Potter. Uh, he's, he or she's going about uh, around all the stuff. Like, yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. Okay. I, oh, I say, I do think um, having all worked together, and you know, um, Radina, Caroline, also went to drama school together, and and so having that initial friendship and bond, and you know how people work. You know how you act with people really does help, especially given that we're not in the same room together. That we can't feed off each other's energy like we would normally do as an actor. You can't even like looking someone in the eye in person. Is you get so much um, ener- feelings and, and sensations, whatever you know, that is helpful to use for you to play off of. So it made it a very different experience over Zoom. And I think if we hadn't been such good friends or in, and hadn't had the past working experience together, it would have made filming really hard. Um, because we've got playful banter, we kind of know each other's personalities. We know when to let someone shine, or when you know, laugh at someone's jokes, or just you know, even just having the ease of being able to call each other by our same names and not having to worry about that really helped make the filming process um, really fun too. Because you're just making it with your buddies. But then- well, that's what I was going to ask Haley. I mean, with obviously all having using the same names um, and using your names in the films, did that like help in the process? Just just out of ease or did sometimes did you kind of lose yourself in the, the the normality of just having a chat with friends no i think it, we initially we did say we did bring it up saying like oh are we going to really use our own names and um and rob and jed and dougie our producer uh were like well it's, it'll be easier for you to not have to then remember a name while you're also doing all this technical because we were on crew you know we had to set up the camera we had to set up our lights we had to you know be prop master and makeup and and all the things that you would normally rely on a full team for. Um, so it did actually 
you know, that one small thing of not having to then worry that you're going to call someone the wrong character name while you're in a chaotic scene and you're worried about, you know, making sure you're still in focus on the camera and that you, you've got, you're staying within your space and all the other technical things. I think had we used fake names, it would have made, it would have been a little bit more chaotic filming. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those things that just, it wasn't necessary either. It didn't, it wasn't like, oh, if we're using our name, now I'm just playing myself. Like, you know, I hope I'm not just that character. We still, you know, we, Gemma's definitely not that character, yeah. I can say. That, that's the thing. We took it from like Blair, we wanted to be as authentic as possible with the performances and with the presentation. So we, um, we took a, a, a cue from Blair Witch Project, which used the real actors' names um, mm -hmm. in order to make their, their, their roles a bit more believable and authenticity was like the main thing about this they're using the real zoom graphical interface which we got permission for from zoom these are real real friends they're not like fake friends or people we've cast they were the, the only choices to make this work um and we knew it would work because we, we've seen them interact together for years now and it, it, it it's such a great dynamic because everyone's got their own individual personalities and it's quite cinematic um but yeah we we just kind of let them be themselves almost. And, and the way we kind of made sure they were playing this themselves is we did a real seance before, before we filmed. So we would see how these girls react in a real seance. And a lot of that from that real seance um, is, is in the, in the host. So the stuff with um, Gemma, maybe not taking it so seriously that was from within the seance something happened in, in in Gemma's house where something touched her um and then something fell off her shelf and she screamed and she hyperventilated and she was crying and we were like oh my god like but then afterwards we thought this is this is amazing to like have it. and we recorded it as well this is amazing so but then afterwards I was like Rob do you know what I think Gemma was playing up to camera there and Rob was like, no, no, no. And I was like, I think she might have. I don't know. Gemma's so clever. That's the thing about Gemma. So she was just showing us what was possible. Um, so we, we used that. And and I don't know if you know this, Hayley, but you, your role and Gemma's role was originally the other way around. Like, you were meant, you were going to be the more playful one, and Gemma was going to be the straight shooter one. Um, but it was after we saw that, that other writer, Gemma, um, said it would be better if it, if it was the other way around. And she was right. It does, does work better this way. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works. I mean, I think it worked. Hopefully yeah, it does. It works now. <laughs> Don't do it. I mean, I would say it worked. I, mean, I think, um, obviously not uh, giving any spoilers, but the, the kind of uh, Gemma's little kind of um, move from, from one uh, mood to another, that, that kind of little, it's such a, um, mm -hmm. I, I, well, obviously I haven't seen anybody else do it, but uh, she does it in such a good manner. Yeah. Uh, and I think... Um, not not to use a, a, a British term, but hey, your general narkedness about how narked you seem uh, annoyed you get with Gemma and just the you know wanting everybody to take it seriously and type of thing that that seems to work work very well as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to start going into my own kind of theories on that. There, <laughs> there. there's so yeah. many good theories. Well, that's it. It's just you know you're bringing this uh, Celine into this uh, this this whole group thing. You've done it before. You know, it's um, I, uh, you know, I've I've got questions, but I say I, I might just uh, just tune into the uh, the uh, Empire spoiler special uh, yeah. to uh, to get a bit more into that. Uh, but yeah, now um, 
what is yeah a part here i was going to say um Oh, yes. Now, obviously, as you say, using influence from the Blair Witch Project in, in, in that regard. Um, now, with that, obviously, the Blair Witch Project was kind of famed for not really keeping the actors in the loop and them having a, a very rough outline of what was going to happen and then just them their own natural reactions being a big part of the, the film as it, as it was done. So, I mean, how much in host it, was there a, like kind of a, a fixed strict script to stick to or were they like bullet points I mean, how, how is it you worked it out was it quite free and loose or yeah so, so basically me and rob first of all just had this we got the spine of it we we knew we knew the actors we were going to use we almost did it backwards really we we basically had all the stunts first and all the deaths first and then we spoke to the stunt guys and the rvfx guys probably i think maybe before we even spoke to the actors we were like, is this possible? Is this possible? How do we do this? And then we spoke to our producer, Douglas Cox, who's amazing. We're like, can we afford to, to do this crazy stunt? And to their credit, like these crazy ideas we had, they, they manifested a little bit like the actual film. They manifested it into real life. Um, and then once we had that and we knew a rough where we wanted to go, we introduced the writer Gemma into it to... To have a little bit of distance because we're so close to these girls for years now every day for years we can't be objective um so she was able to find do that switch between Haley and Gemma, which we wouldn't have thought of because she saw from her own eye her outside outside perspective that it would work better um and and yeah and a bit more about the she added a little bit more heart than me and rob had because we're very into the set pieces the horror of it and making it as scary as possible uh, but obviously you need to care about these characters first, so she helped us immensely with all that. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, that's that's the thing, and I think it's it's good to have, a like I say, an outside perspective, because essentially if, if you're conceiving the ideas, you might be married to an idea which, you know, e even if it's the best idea in the world, you know, if, if people are too stuck to a, a certain avenue of going down, then, you know, the odd tweak here or there could make a good idea brilliant or, you know, um, and like you say, ultimately, you know, if everybody's within the same kind of coven, you know, that's well, that's how cults start, isn't it? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's right or wrong, but uh, you know, if everybody's all within the same uh, um, mindset, that sometimes can be as much of a, you know, a curse as it is a benefit. Um, yeah, I think because we had the we had a we were given a script meant as we've coined, so it was an outline essentially of all the different emotional beats we needed to hit throughout this, um, the film. And then obviously with our different death scenes, although very cleverly, um, Jed and Rob and Gemma would write redacted in the script where someone died. So we didn't know while we were filming how each other died in the scene. You only knew your own death and you'd only know someone's death if you had to, if you were physically alive watching it essentially. So Regina didn't know how any of us died because she dies first. And, and then so forth and so forth. So I, you know, personally, I didn't see Emma's death scene and I didn't see Teddy's death scene until we actually viewed the film with the whole cast and crew for the first time, which was really cool. Um, but then it also meant that we shot all of our stunts first um, so that we, Rob would cut together a rough, okay, this is what that will look like in the film. And then it would play it for us live. So we would be, you know, we'd say, okay, this is, uh, this is Radina's death. And so Emma and uh, Emma and I would be watching our screen. So he'd share a screen on Zoom and we would watch what was happening to Radina and then react to that versus having to react to 
either, you know, something in our imaginations or a green screen or, you know, you know, okay, screen here, screen here. These are the, the you know, timings, but we actually got to see what was happening on screen like the audience would eventually see, which was really cool. But everything else was improv. So we had, you know, we followed the script, but then we all had to just improv everything together. So, uh, which was really, I think also why it helped that we were friends is because we could just flow off each other, no problem, or you didn't, you, you could come up with the funny little one-liners. I mean, hats off to our editor, Brenna, who had to probably go through, you know, hundreds of hours of footage at the end of it. 180 um, hours, I think. 180 hours yeah. of footage of six and six different people sending her footage that she needed to go find all those little gems that, that eventually made it into the film. And we do need to say, we made this in 12 weeks from, from, from the, the day I said Zoom Seance to the day it lands on Shudder was almost exactly 12 weeks. Um, so everyone, they, all the cast and crew just they've done something that nobody else has done. Like the, the infrastructure wasn't there to make, to make a film on zoom and to, to make it like this. Um, so hats off to them. Like, incredible. Yeah. It was a real team effort. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing turnaround and I mean, and thinking of that, I mean, obviously it's it, like in the news at the moment, the way that some of the um, biggest studios are trying to work out ways of potentially recouping losses of not having, um, you know, uh, big cinema releases. And so you've got like, um, Mulan possibly like, getting a home release of thirty pounds um, a pop, and um, even potentially talking about that for the New Mutants, which is a, a bit of a angry one for me. Because I'm a big comic book fan, and this being the, essentially the, the first, technically the first Marvel horror, so to speak, yeah. I've been waiting for a good three years for this. It's been yeah. pushed back and pushed back. Well, which which uh, films that from? Uh, New Mutants. Oh, New Mutants. Right. Yeah, New Mutants. It, um, what do you think that's going to? Well, they're, they're, Black Widow, they're talking about Black Widow going the same way, the £30. And, and there's talk of, you know, essentially Mulan's a test run. And if that goes well, that's just going to be an industry standard. And I'm devastated yeah. that Mulan won't be in theatres because I've been waiting for that for since it was first announced. And the trailer was incredible. But It looks, looks so good. Mulan looks so good. I think it's one of these things that, you know, I've had a bit of an interaction with people on Twitter and there seems to be a, a varying... You know, the two opposing things of, you know, it seems to be people with very large families saying, oh, well, that's cheaper than me going to the pictures anyway, so True. I'm all right. True, and yeah. Then, uh, yeah. You're kind of like single cinema goer who, like, tries to watch as many films as possible and it's like, well, that's going to bankrupt me. And um, But I think it's interesting that with all that, um, and then obviously what you, you guys have done with, with Host, it kind of like this open kind of separate avenue, which obviously I, I would assume if you wanted to necessarily think about, about how... Um, you know, kind of independent filmmakers, producers, um, and, and actors can kind of band together, do their own thing. Much, much yeah. in the same way, kind of like a, a lot of TV shows these days, it's the production company that does it, and then it's a very much interesting. Um, now, do, do you think that, you know, um, that you would hope to see more of, more kind of like um, people just, you know, kind of like the like, Music, that dream revolution type of thing. A lot more of like kind of like home, home and being about any yeah. of the yeah. I do. I do think there will be off the back of this the success of host. There, there will def definitely be copies and like I for one just say bring them on. I, I want to see. I want to see people copy that. I I think it's the sincerest form of flattery. Just just keep them coming. There'll be loads more Zoom movies now. Um, 
because people know it can be done and can be successful because before there wasn't really precedent of a Zoom movie made in lockdown, but now people can see the potential. And I just think that's the greatest compliment of all. Um, the only thing is, like, it's hard, if you're not the first, it's really hard to kind of gain the same traction. But I wish them luck, and if they need any help, then I'm sure the cast and crew are readily available on, on Twitter to speak to if anyone needs any help. Um, I have... I, I've been DM'd yeah. about 500 Zoom, not Zoom movies, but movies, little short films that people have made in lockdown. And I can't watch them all, but keep, keep them coming. It's interesting. Um, I, I, still, I still won, um, I think it's the week before yours, came out, so it was like a very, like a short, short, on a, on a Tuesday, I can't remember. It was very similar to the point of looking at the hang on, the, the third one from there. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting the way they've done it. And I think it was, it was a little bit of a negative, a negativity from the outside, like um, lockdown stuff. So, oh, well, we're going to have lots of um, movies and TV shows about lockdown. Oh, I think get And that was before anything had actually came out or anything done on it. But it was a little bit... Yeah. Uh, it, was an uphill, it was an uphill battle because, because people were very anti-Zoom movies. They were like, oh, I bet someone makes a horror movie in Zoom. And then even when we, we announced it like a month ago, we announced Host on like Deadline. And it went across all different uh, websites. And everyone was saying, why do I want to watch a Zoom movie? I'm stuck on Zoom every day. Why, why do I want to watch a Zoom movie? And, and now, like, they do want to, people do want to watch a Zoom movie. It's, 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 we've been justified that you, you did the right thing. And, I mean, I, mean, it, I can't believe it, but, like, yeah. Yeah, I think we've done, done well to just show that you can, you know, when you're in restricted like this, using creativity to use, you know, for example, Zoom, we used it to our advantage. We used all of its quirks and, and the things um, that make it unique as a powerful tool rather than an inhibit. Inhibitant? There it is. Yes. You know, it wasn't like we were... You know, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, we, were, we weren't restricting ourselves to just this little zoom rectangle either it was like we're using that as the camera lens and it just happens to be that the format is going to be a couple people across um the the frame at a time but you can still use that as a normal camera lens you just have to be clever with how you're doing it which is i think well that's it yeah uh, well i was gonna say also i think it's kind of like playing playing to the strengths of the medium as well and, yes. and i think often people kind of forget that, you know, most of the kind of best horror out there is taking the familiar and putting a, a strange mm -hmm. edge to it or a, a different perspective to it. So, so something where everybody's saying, oh, well, we're all doing Zoom now. It's like, well, that's exactly why it's, it's you know, relevant to do a, a horror movie or, or a TV show or, or something. You know, if it's good enough for, you know, um, David Tennant and uh, was it uh, Michael Sheen, then, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's all right. For, you know, they can't get all the plaudits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, um, obviously, I know we're running short of time, but uh, I did want to find a bit of time. Now. Uh, let's have a look here. Now, um, now the, the film in itself is obviously a Zoom call gone wrong. Um, and as we've been saying, a lot of people, you know, probably with more friends than me, you've been doing lots of Zoom calls during this entire time and <laughs> the like um so uh, either of you two had any kind of it doesn't necessarily have to be spooky or, or or unworldly but have you um been part of or witnessed any kind of skype conference call mishaps so to speak just the just the this the real seance that we did beforehand um and actually I, uh, me and rob did have done 
multiple real seances before this to like so we kind of get in the get in the mood to like write about it um and i'm not really a but i'm not really a believer in stuff like that so nothing ever really happens to me but i think the more you believe in it the more it'll happen to you because you're projecting your belief into your natural environment and maybe something will happen but i don't think it's otherworldly i think it's you and your energy maybe yeah, yeah. like manifest destiny type of thing if you yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I mean, we do. I'm sorry. I was going to say is that a friend of mine used to live with um, a gentleman from Liverpool a few years back, and uh, he was new to the area of the northeast of England, and he went to a, a spiritualist church thing where they were having a spiritualist there doing all the, the talk, and and as is the standard, they were doing a little talk and chat around, and it was basically him and a bunch of middle-aged old and older ladies. Uh, he was the only the only fella there, and he was a very loud scouser. Um, <laughs> and uh, obviously, they're milling around, chatting for a big half hour, and, and the like. And and they sit down to the thing, and he's uh, the the spiritualist starts off. It's like I'm getting I'm getting a smell of some food. It's uh, and basically went in to describe scouse, which is like a dish that if you're from Liverpool, everybody's mother or grandmother's got a different version of scouse. Uh, and they described that, and he, and he, uh, he he stuck his hand. It's like oh, scouse that. I said, oh, is there anybody from Liverpool? And basically, he just went full hook, line and sink. And he came back like a changed man from it back to the flat and tell me all about it. And I was like, oh, was there anybody else there from Liverpool? He said, well, no. I said, were you having a big chat beforehand? Yeah. Were you being as loud as you usually are? Well, maybe. Um, and it just kind <laughs> of like, felt like I destroyed his world a little bit. Oh, uh, no, you got to have it. <laughs> yeah. We well, can just see how no, like, you kind of open good. to it. How, how, yeah. And I suppose it's a benefit as well. I mean, not to call things a crutch or anything, but obviously you always generally find that people who, who have something to, to hold on to or the, the kind of the, the belief in something else, you know, they've got more, often a, a bit more hope than the average uh, Jill or John. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just a bit of say. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had a, a weird Zoom call recently which is um, of my own doing, and I say weird just because I didn't think it would happen. I got to Zoom with the like one of my favourite horror authors, Paul Tremblay, um, who wrote A Head Full of Ghosts. I'm like a big fan of his, and I just saw that he he'd watched Host on Twitter, so I just messaged him, "Hey, wanna Zoom?" And he's like, "Yep." So I got to I got to uh, I got to Zoom with someone like that, and it's it's been happening quite a lot. I've just these people that I've never admired from afar since Host has dropped. Like they're just willing to like chat, and because they're just so, and their first question is always how, like how did you guys make, how did you guys make this? So it's really good to be um, not on an even footing with them, but them to be interested in something that you've made, and and likewise, uh, I find that quite bizarre. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say also, um, as I mentioned before, um, I've watched it. A big fan of uh, Dawn of the Death. Um, and uh, say, well, they kind of tease that as it were, so to speak. Um, that, uh, uh, how did that come about, like, as a, as a concept? And uh, are there any plans going forward for that? Um, I'd had the idea for so, so long. And I actually, there was a version where I was going to direct. And I'd almost set it up. Um, and weirdly, with some of the same people in the crew who eventually went on to make it, but then I, I got busy doing stuff um, and I pitched it the first time I ever met Rob Savage, which was like 2013 maybe. And I pitched him Dawn of the Death. I was like, I've got this idea. It's crazy. No one's going to want to make it, but it's called Dawn of the Death. 
and he was just entranced and he was like yeah i want to make it and i was like no 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 well i'm i'm making it but like and then he just kept on bugging me. He was, he was just like, "That idea, I want to, I want to make it. I think I can get money for it." And I was like, "Okay." Um, so we couldn't really get money for it. We we put some of our own money in into it. In the end, we got a little bit of money from Central School of Speech and Drama, which is where Haley, Redina, and Caroline came from. It was actually part of their kind of like our end of program, like end of the year, one of our projects, essentially. Yeah. Is, I. I am so grateful for that. Yeah, it worked out. Um, but yeah, so, um, and again, we'd only made absence at that point, so we hadn't made anything that ambitious, but um, just just the concept of a sound killing everyone and only deaf people being around is is, is, is interesting to me. And obviously it did it really, really, really well in terms of festivals. It, we did all the, the normal ones, Fright Fest and London Fall Festival, and we'd done a whole bunch over Europe and America. But then we thought it would end, and and then we got into Sundance, and that just kickstarted another fifty odd festivals. I think we did like three hundred festivals, um, all the big ones with with Dawn of Death. And in answer to your question about are we doing a feature film version, the answer is I'm not allowed to say yet. <laughs> um, I'll I'll take that as a as a as a different form of uh, sign language. In its own <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like obviously, yeah, no. uh, Haley's in that, and that's where we saw like how great she can she can be, and um, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it is. I mean, it was a great concert, and in many ways, kind of like even even without the the kind of zombies coming back, just the the idea in itself is is like a, a great one to 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 work on. But uh, as I say, just just getting to that point, and then when uh, when the old uh, cadavers start twitching, that's when you think, oh well. <laughs> huge amount still going on here um so uh, so yeah that, that's grand well um now uh i'll um let you because i do know you have other interviews lined up so uh i'll uh, a bit of time all right um check yeah um now uh obviously we mentioned multiplex there which is kind of if not mistaken Jed, that's like your gonna be your directorial debut so to speak, is it? I guess officially that's what we're calling it, yeah. I mean, I've done, like, music videos and things, and... Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, it's It kind of debuted at the um, Glasgow Film Festival, um, and then we had a whole bunch more lined up, but they, everything's been cancelled, so who knows when we'll see that in the cinemas again, but my thing is, if we're not back to normal by October, I'm going to release it. I'm going to release it for for Halloween, but or just before Halloween or something. Um, I think I'm going to drop the trailer for it at the end of August as well, just to ride that host wave because everyone wants to see these girls again, and this is easy. They're all in it, so I mean, you're going to love it because if you like Dawn of the Deaf, you'll like you like Multiplex. Yeah. That's been joined by my dog here. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a very cute dog. No. Oh, it's a little more key. Um, part Maltese, part terrier. Um, so all, all the cuteness and lots and lots of bargain. Um, nice. Right, I'm just uh, getting my uh, glorious assistant to take the dog away. <laughs> Thank you. Um, right. Uh, yeah, um, so obviously, with um, you're working together and plenty of things, and of course, Happy Spookies is the uh, the, the, the big uh, takeaway from, from Host there. That's uh, <laughs> A hashtag I'll keep uh, revisiting. Yeah. Um, now uh, let's see here. Um, 
Oh, yes, that, that was one of the things that was good to ask. Uh, now, I know there's a good chance you, you'll have already worked this out in the whole kind of, uh, you know, way um, actors and writers do kind of a pre-story story and all this sort of thing. But uh, in, in, if, you know, in your own minds, how, how do you think the characters in the film, obviously we know that you're all friends, uh, but how do you think the characters in the film kind of know each other? Um, I'm noticing there, there seems to be a kind of uh, a simmering kind of rivalry between Haley and Gemma, like a kind of... Uh, you know, we, we've all got those friends who, you know, and everybody's all right, it's all right, but, you know, there's a couple of friends who sometimes will, will turn on each other and kind of <laughs> that type of thing. Is, is that where Hayley and Gemma are? Or? Well, yeah, Hayley can tell you all about their connections and stuff. She... Yeah, so we, we, we kind of decided that uh, Caroline, Gemma and Radita and I had all gone to college together. And so we would have met, you know, probably I, I would have been studying abroad. Um, Radina would have come from Bulgaria, kind of thing. We all met in England. And then Teddy had also gone to college with us. So we were all mates from, from our undergrad, um, that, you know, 10 years ago or whatnot. And, and then Teddy worked with Emma uh, and Ginny. So they, that's how they kind of know each other. And so Teddy brought Emma into our little girl gang to join. And then we just took her on as one of our own. Uh, and morphed into this little little six couplet. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that then, of course, Teddy has been taken away by Ginny. Yeah, uh, this, this Ginny. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, it doesn't seem to be very very popular in in many ways. Uh, um, well, Caroline says. Well, that, this seems to be the thing as well, which I've noticed. There's a, there's a kind of um, you know a, a disparity of opinions as to you know ultimately whose fault. It all is uh, obviously ignoring any kind of potential Machiavellian intent by anybody. Um, just working on it as as is. Um, you know, some would say that obviously Gemma being a, a prime candidate for messing about with forces she doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, some would argue it yourself, Haley, for you know doing I, it first. Yeah. Um, but some would say Teddy uh, potentially because before it all starts going off, he's he essentially broke the chain, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. All setting up so. I mean, where would you proportion blame? Obviously, we won't necessarily too many spoilerish type things, but you personally, who do you, whose fault do you think it is? Well, it's I. Well, in my in my head, I've kind of figured out the overarching theory now, but like I haven't said very much. But in my mind, it's definitely Gemma, and I'll tell you why. Because yeah, she she created this false spirit that's killing her friends but the thing that gives the game away for me the most is right at the end when she's in Haley's house which you can see right there she has no reason to pick up that laptop and bring it bring it with her she has no reason to bring Haley's laptop with them because there's no one else on the line so for her to take that laptop it's like her inviting the audience to, to participate in this zoom call now so she's taking the audience there and when you see that that jump scare at the end that's it going into your house basically that's it going in across zoom into everyone's homes who's watching so the it's a an international seance basically and well, Gemma's... I, I, did, I did notice that Gemma's candle did go out first um <laughs> soon after candle the theory, yeah and uh, that, that was uh, but yes but i suppose that's it that's possibly um, i may have to reassess all my conspiracy theories and uh, work back on that. Um, well, that's it. Well, I'd say I have my suspicions in regards to your, your, your initial intentions, Haley. but that now I'm thinking, you know, maybe Gemma was just some sort of sleeper um, 
Satanist without uh, without realizing. Like I release it into the world. It's no it's not no longer our film. It's it's everyone's film. So who am I to say what theory is right or not? It's it's up to the person watching to what yeah. they, they believe in. I mean, I I definitely thought it was Gemma's fault when we were filming it, and then all these theories have come out that it's you know why is why is Haley so intent on getting her friends to do a Zoom séance and so you know adamant about it being strict and by the book and respectful and stuff and I'm like there's a little something going on underneath all this. Well, I, I kind of felt like even in those initial kind of five minutes there was kind of there's kind of a um, you know a, a something. Kind of a nervous energy brewing there with Alia. She's setting things up and the like. But uh, but yes, I, I, you know, as you say, we'll leave that up to the um, individual yeah. viewer. Well, also, up. when she logs in at the start, it says host Haley me. It, it says that right at the start, like on her login screen when she logs in. So it's like, oh, okay. So this is all about Haley. Um, yeah, there's like there's there's loads of ways to interpret it. Also, Haley knows Salem. Uh, and they've worked together before. They've done stuff before. They're friends. Um, Haley's Haley's got Salem's number on speed dial. It seems, and um, so maybe they went together. And when Salem disappears, you can see something happens on her screen. And when she comes back, she just said, "Oh, it's just internet problems." But you think, "No, I saw something else. It's not just internet problems." Something coming from the side there. Yeah, yeah. no. Part of me thinks it's Salem, and um, you know, a, a little kind of Caledonian cabal or we're all somehow dancing <laughs> dancing naked around a bonfire whilst all this was going on. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, hey, maybe that's for hosts, uh, well, is it four or five? That was the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Joke, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, um, obviously, this being Pablo's Vault of Horror, um, I've um, got a, a sneak suspicion what, what yours will be already, Jed, from, from my other research, but... Uh, um, okay. We're a big fan of the kind of underappreciated horror, whether it's you know just a bad film that you like, or whether it's a film that you don't think enough people have had their eyes on or given enough respect to. Is is there any kind of um, more niche horror or or much maligned horror that you think gets a hard hard going over uh, that that you like? Is there a preference? Of, yeah. A, a film? Um, I mean, Lake Mungo is one of the most underrated movies ever. Um, it, it's because it, no, no one's seen that film. No one's seen Lake Mungo. Just very niche horror fans have seen it, but it is the probably up there with the Blair Witch in terms of fan footage for me. And it just didn't get a wide release, and it's really hard to get. You, you have to, well, in the UK, you have to import it on this terrible DVD from from America, um, and it's people just sleep on it. And I think it's got some of the most interesting ideas in that film, and it, it's just an absolute classic. And nobody's seen it. It's it's, it's bizarre. Absolutely. Oh, it's a super film because there's so there's so many kind of like uh, oh it's this way and then oh no it's not. And then oh hang on a minute oh no it's yeah there's there's so many you can twists. See the influence on 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 host as well. Yeah, and especially with the kind of narrative style of it. I think it was very briefly it was either on Prime or Shudder, but I don't think it's on there anymore. I do remember I saw it a few years back yeah. initially. I think it was on Prime. Yeah, I think you're right. It's not anymore. I checked. Yeah, yeah no, it's a tricky one. But yeah, no, that's, uh, I do like the phone footage and it's, uh, I think, The Last Exorcism. Is it The Last Exorcism? That's also yeah. good. Yeah. Although I think sometimes, I, th I think they might give a, give a little bit too much away at the end. I think if you kind of leave things a little bit more open, it would have been a bit more well-received. But hey, hey yeah. uh, I, I appreciate that a lot of people these days do like to have things kind of hand-fed to them a little bit. But, mm. 
Uh, how about you, Haley? Is there a particular? I mean, obviously, working within the horror genre doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're a fan of horror. I mean, uh, do you like horror? Is there any particular? Haley's film? a screen queen now. She's a, she's a the number one screen queen. Screen queen. Yeah, get me in there. I think um, I wouldn't know any of the niche ones. I think I'm a I'm a little too mainstream, and I'm a a bit of a wuss, so I I don't watch them as often. I have to space them out so my nightmares can go away. Um, <laughs> but I. <laughs> I really enjoyed I recently watched uh, Midsummer because Rob, before we would start shooting, Rob would play us scenes from different horror films. So I feel like I got like a master class in horror while through the process of filming this. And one of them was Midsummer, which I had, I was like, terrified of watching. But then this one clip he showed, I was like, maybe I'll give it a chance. And it, it did not disappoint. It was very creepy and scary and weird. Um, but that's probably the most like recent one. Is, is nobody going to mention the bear? Um, oh. But yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing with. Uh, I mean, A twenty four. Personally, I've, I mean, yeah. I, I haven't seen them put a foot wrong since. And everything they put out, you know, whether it's yeah. horror, it's always got some. It's always got a hook to it and something yeah. different. Um, that, that would definitely be somewhere I'd like to um, have a little bit of a, a dig around in their back catalogs or whatever. The, Whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, next question. This will be the final one before I let you uh, let you go. Okay. Um, now, obviously, the um, the four kind of well, not not to be part of the patriarchy, but I suppose the four patriarchs or icons of horror. Uh, you've got your your Leatherface, your Freddy Krueger, um, your Jason Voorhees, and um, Michael. Oh, uh, Michael. I was kidding. I always I always miss out one of them. But yeah, Michael Myers. So you've got those four there. Um, now, you can only pick one of the four to, to keep. And the other three uh, are kind of, you know, consigned to the dustbin of history and everything erased. So it, if out of those ones, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees and Leatherface, which yeah. one would you keep and which three would you consign to the dustbin of history? So easy, so easy. Freddy, Freddy Krueger is the best horror villain of all time. He's... He's, he's amazing. The others don't, don't aren't fit enough to, to kind of wash his green and red striped shirt. Um, he's but he's by far the most enigmatic, scariest. And I remember when I was a little kid, I had a dream where I met Freddy Krueger in his boiler room, and I was oh. like, oh, this is a bit too real. And he said to me, Jed, I'll do you a deal. Like he said, I'm going to put. And this is within the dream. He said, I'm going to put you back in. I was in school at the time. I'm going to put you back in your school. When everyone's in the playground, press this button and they'll all die. Uh, but I'll save you. Is that a deal? And I was like, sure, okay. So like, he 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 blasted me into into my. I woke up in school. I pressed this button and like everyone died. And he was like, cool, we're cool now. So I feel like me and him have got a bit of a bit of a thing going where he'll leave me alone as long as I kind of like. Yeah. I think I think we're we're all both uh, we're all very pleased that you you decided to put that. Kind of energy into making horror films because I think it, it did. <laughs> yeah. There's a good chance we might be thinking about you in the pictures for a different reason. Yeah, yeah, true. Haley, I, I, I just, really, yeah, I would say I agree. Freddy Krueger, just his like, his overall even just appearance, and he's terrifying. Like he is the ultimate nightmare, which yeah. I think makes a horror film great. Is when you can, you know, he's gonna come at you at any point. Even seeing like a glimpse of that shirt is. <laughs> You send your childhood dreams into a rye, so yeah, yeah. I think we keep Freddy. I also, and just the, don't want him to come yeah. out. I suppose in many ways, I suppose he's the he's the kind of like 
one who chose to be evil. Whereas, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah Michael, well, maybe not Michael Myers, but Leatherface and, um, um, yeah, I suppose Michael Myers to a degree. Um, but uh, Jason and Leatherface specifically, you kind of feel like they were kind of hard done by. They were kind of pushed down that road. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. this is all kind of just a malevolent, like serious, mentally ill young man who went a certain way. Whereas Freddy Krueger just thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take those kids. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to evade the dreams after my death. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, there's, there's an intent there, which isn't necessarily there with the other. So I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, I'll allow it. Uh, well, that's grand. Well, um, that's that's all for now. Uh, I mean, is there any um, obviously the socials or anything that you, you want people to be checking out other than than hosts, of course? Uh, you can just find me at Jed Shepherd on on everything. And I'm at Haley H A L E Y underscore Bishop B I S H O P on both Instagram and Twitter. Oh, superb, superb. Oh, well, uh, thank you very much for joining me uh, here on Pablo's Vault of Horror, and. Uh, <laughs> I'll pass back to Pablo in the studio. Over to you, Pablo. That was a great chat with Jed and Haley there, Jed Shepard and Haley Bishop from the movie Host. If you haven't already seen it, what are you doing? Get on to Shudder and do so. It's available, uh, I believe, in every territory, um, UK, America, Canada, Australia, I think. Um, just go onto your version of Shudder and check it there. You can get it, access it through your Amazon package. If you've got Amazon, um, you can get in there and... Uh, Four ninety nine a month if you pay for the twelve months uh, on a monthly basis. And I think it's even cheaper if you do an annual one, um, or you could just do the free seven days and then cancel before that runs out. I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying you can do that. Um, but yeah, very grateful uh, to Haley and Jed for speaking to me, and uh, I, I really couldn't be more pleased for them as the film is doing excellently. Um, as I say, if you want to get in contact with me, at Pablo Bonzo is the way to do that on Twitter. And uh, if you want to listen to the show, it's novaradio.co.uk. That's available worldwide. And uh, the show's 10pm till midnight every Wednesday, GMT. That's British time for you and me. And uh, if you've got access to an app store, uh, you can get the Nova Radio app, Nova Radio NE, North East. And uh, if you've got a home butler type thing, you know, one of those speakers that talks back to you, uh, just ask for it to play Nova Radio Northeast or Nova Radio NE, as long as you enunciate the N and the E. The N is for North, the E is for East. You get the idea. Uh, like the compass. Uh, anyway, I'll stop wittering on. Thank you very much for downloading, and uh, if you like, then do subscribe. And whenever we get an interview or anything of interest uh, like that, I'll drop it within this feed. So, not necessarily regular, uh, but hopefully, we'll become more and more regular as time goes on as the interviews ramp up. Okie dokie. So uh, join me on Pablo's Vault of Horror every Wednesday 10pm till midnight GMT or keep an eye out on this feed and I'll see you on the other side. Thank you.